Welcome to The Art of Badassery, where I explore what it takes to live life on your own terms, break free from the status quo, and unleash your inner badass. Whether you're a rebel at heart or simply seeking inspiration to step outside your comfort zone, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and each week I dive into the stories, insights, and strategies of those who have mastered the art of badassery and are living life to the fullest. They smile when no one is looking. Hey friends, in this episode of our podcast, we dive deep into how early childhood experiences and generational trauma can impact our ability to regulate emotions and find stability. We explore the mastery method, a powerful coaching framework designed to help people identify obstacles that may be holding them back and tap into their body's wisdom to overcome these challenges. We also examine the role of societal structures and how they can impact our professional and personal lives. If you're looking for ways to find balance and overcome limiting beliefs, this episode is a must listen. Welcome to the Art of Badassery podcast. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Sonia Guzman. She is an integrative somatic coach and a true badass in every sense of the word. Sonia's story is very powerful. Um, She spent a decade pushing herself to the limit as a driven, high-performing, high-achiever, only to realize that she was struggling. It took hitting rock bottom for Sonia to finally realize that something had to change. And through her own journey of healing and self-discovery, Sonia has become a leading expert in helping others tune into their wisdom and personal power so they achieve their limitless potential. Get ready to be inspired as Sonia shares her insights on how to achieve true badassery by tapping into your intuition and hacking your body's wisdom. So without further ado, let's dive into the world of badassery with Sonia Guzman. Welcome, my friend. Hi, Mahara. Thank you so much for having me here. I love this. So exciting. Yes, so good. So I've said quite a bit, but I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your company. And then we'll dive into your journey and all of the juicy wisdom that you have to share with our listeners. Absolutely. So I am the founder and CEO of Happy Heart Love and Life, Inc., And this actually started as business consulting while I was off on leave and I was feeling a little bit better. And like you said, the ever high achiever and the busybody, I wanted something to do. (laughs) So I am one of my, um, the professionals I was working with uh, had a coaching program and I wanted to support her in getting that out to more people. And that's where the concept of my business consulting came in and I started um, looking into that and I thought like, what would I want to call my, my, my business? What would I want to call it? And it just really felt aligned. You know, I had the life on paper that looked so good and I was so unhappy and I wanted to love my life really badly, but I didn't. And so that's where the whole concept behind my business came through. And as soon as I opened that up, you know, the world unleashed on me a a myriad of opportunities and, you know, 
what felt like divine guidance to find where I needed to be and how I needed to serve in the world and make an impact. So uh, that's where my business came along. And I am now an integrative somatic coach because a lot of what what's going on with me was manifesting in my body and it was not medically explainable. So it was really powerful to understand the mind-body connection and just how it can either work with you or against you. And it was pretty powerful that my body was talking to me and I needed to learn to listen. So I, I'm going to jump in here because for some people, this idea of the body talking to us is just not in their realm, right? You got a cold, you got a cold. You got a belly, you got a belly. Can you remember and share with us, what was the turning point for you where you finally listened? Because I think for many of us on a journey of self-discovery, there comes a time when it just clicks. Yeah, so my body got really loud. And I would say I've always had kind of physical manifestations of what's really happening in my subconscious, but I never really, I never listened to it. It was always mind over matter. It was always, you know, brushing it aside. It was it was trained behavior for me to ignore the clues and, and cues that the body was giving me for what was actually happening around me. And, um, and so I just knew the shutdown. And so this particular situation got really loud. It was actually around, um, you know, I'm just going to spill the beans and just be completely frank. <laughs> I was that, yeah, this is juicy. Get ready. <laughs> Some of you might judge me, but I don't care. <laughs> okay, so um, I had been in a high-performing role in my corporate role as a, a solution specialist, kind of like a relationship manager, and I was completely drained. I had a completely different life then. It was I, I was part of a religion that was very culty, and so I had you know tried to be that submissive wife and in the corporate world I was this very high performing individual very well respected on the team and at home like I couldn't get anything right like it was just it was terrible it was just a terrible contrast and you know you brush it off and you're like well this is culture this is this this is that machismo latino blah 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 and um and the religion and this is how it is and, um, you know, I really wanted to be happy in my marriage and I was very dedicated and very focused. And um, when I left my role, because I thought it was eating into the energy that I had for my home and my family, I um, decided to uh, switch roles and I went into a different role. And as I was transitioning out of the role, well, don't I discover I had fallen in love with my boss? because he was nice to me okay I see why you know be juicy yeah no flirting no like no impropriety like I was the biggest prude under the sun and just like so blocked capital B bitch <laughs> frankly like when it came to men and you know flirtation like that was not at all part of my agenda or way of being I was a total professional at work and so 
it was, you know, when I was talking with a friend about, you know, my old boss and going into the new role and their qualities, well, that was a Friday, all weekend, all I could think about was him. And I was like, what is going on here? What the hell? Like, why am I like, he's just nice to me. Like, where is this intense sensation and emotion coming from? Like, what is going on? And so Monday I'm driving to work and you haven't heard the story yet. <laughs> Monday I'm driving to work and I'm like, I don't like him. Like what is going on? And I were, I worked, I lived just out of town. And so it was like a 25, 30 minute drive and the whole drive. I'm like, I don't like him. And Mahara, I was shaking, like shaking. I could see my hands and my arms on the ceiling right? And I was sweating. And I was like, like, I don't. Every time I said, I don't. And then I said, I do. And everything stopped. Okay, I got the shivers. I got the shivers. You heard it here first, people, that the body, well, maybe it's not your first time you've heard it, but what a, literally, when you were denying something that was real, you had a, an immediate reaction physically, shaking, the sweats. And the minute you leaned into the truth, it all stopped. Yeah. And you got to realize this is like a very Christian toting individual who has like spent the last 10 years of her marriage completely dedicated to everything outside of herself, everybody but herself. And so to have that acknowledgement was like lighting myself on fire. So let's just, let's jump right in because I know everybody <laughs> at home thinking, okay, so what did you do? Did you keep going to work? <laughs> yes, I went to work and, um, and um, I was like, so nervous. <laughs> I was sitting at my desk and he always used to come in a little bit later in the morning and I was always in really early and um, when he walked by I was like shit he smells good. <laughs> and so I started like sorry yes. go ahead. Senses are totally alive your sense of smell your sense of touch everything's brighter everything like just like where the hell has this been like what is this stuff and I'm and as I'm sitting there I'm like what is wrong with you like what is wrong with you you cannot be having these thoughts right now what is up and so you know as per usual I shut it down I I, you know, and I'm going to say something right now because I haven't talked about this, like with so much candor, knowing that people are going to hear this. Um, and I remember feeling the shame of not being able to feel happy in my life. I had this beautiful, newly built home in a gorgeous neighborhood and this, like all the things, all the things, you know, that I, that I could have possibly wanted more than anybody, you know, growing up expected of me and in, in our culture, in our environment, pushing against the grain, which was the culture of the religion, 
And so it was like, what is wrong with you right now? Are we seriously here right now? Is this a movie? When am I going to wake up? <laughs> Anya, and first of all, I want to say thank you for your candor. Um, and and I, I love that you're sharing this with us. I think it's so interesting and it's so powerful that you recognize that it is, it's so possible to have all the outside things, but to be empty on the inside. And, you know, you and I both know as coaches, we see this all the time, but it doesn't have to be that way, right? It doesn't have yeah. to be that way. So I just wanted to put in there that I recognize and I honor you for sharing that with us because it's true and it doesn't have to be that way. So I'm curious if this realization, if it led you to your superpower, because we're going to end up talking about your superpower, but so you're at work and you have this realization, you're kind of feeling, I think you're feeling the shame of, wow, how can I not be happy? And how can this make me happy? And this goes against everything that I've ever, how I've been raised. How did you handle it? Well, first of all, I was like, what the hell? The guy's never like looked at you that way. It's been nothing but respectful. And I think that's where, you know, it, it went for me is I was treated with so much dignity and respect and so much like admiration from not like, you know, accolades because it was he's he wasn't that kind of boss, but like, you know, you you knew what you needed to get done and you know, he respected your autonomy and the work that you did. And so it was just pretty powerful to know that he he didn't need to support me in that way, you know, was always guiding and leading. Um, we had a lot of conversations around strategy, but it was never like that. So I knew that this was like a big deal because how could you go and not and not be looking for that and have it show up for you. Like I wasn't in like with the guy. I was like in love with the guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> just wild. Like these feelings of love towards this person. And yeah, we'd worked together for a few years, but still like, what the hell? So it just, it floored me. And it, it, you know, it doesn't sound pretty. It's, it's not, you know, the standard thing so I went home and I was like beside myself and just trying to process what on earth was showing up for me like where is this coming from why how have I been flirting like what's going on here and um I ended up um so that was a Monday the Tuesday I went to work and I had a friend who um was in the same religion as me and she was working and I was leaving that role and she was a very good like successor for that position and she was going to apply for it and I'm like don't do it mm -mm, cut 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 don't do it like you know our religion is very much us and them and like we keep to ourselves and this job sucks you in and like this that and the other thing like it's dangerous don't do it <laughs> and um and that was the first time I admitted what I was feeling I admitted it to her I'm like I think I'm in love with my boss like I don't know how this happened like this is I don't know what to do 
And she obviously knew me. So she felt that she had this beautiful compassion for me to be like, oh my God, I can't believe you're going through this. Like, this is wild. Like, can't even. And so that was a little bit of validation. Somebody who knew me and knew both my worlds to acknowledge that this was something that was very much out of character and needed some attention and something was going on here. And by the Wednesday, I told my ex-husband, my husband at the time, what was happening, what I was feeling. Okay, I just want to acknowledge, I'm going to stop you here because, you know, we, we're listening and we're like, wow, this is so amazing. But I, I want everyone to just take a moment to just sit with what Sonia has just shared with us. Because from a Friday to a Monday, to a, from a Monday to a Wednesday, you found the courage to share this secret that you had just, and it wasn't even a secret for that long. It was only a two-day-old secret or a three-day-old secret, but it, an incredibly powerful secret. Where did you find the courage after a lifetime of everything that you've described to stand up and say, um, hello, we need to talk? To be honest, um, I think it came from being in that environment where you had this like self-righteous morality. Um, and I'd never really been in an environment where I could make mistakes, like everything was a sin. And so I think my biggest fear, and I, I can pinpoint this to the age of 14, I can't tell you the exact circumstances around it, but was to be a hypocrite. That was one of my biggest fears. It was just, I did not want to be a hypocrite. And it felt like one day was too many with this kind of disparity in my reality internally and externally. Wow. So what I'm hearing is that from around the age of 14, when you realize that hypocrisy existed, it's almost, correct me if I'm wrong, it's almost as if from that moment on, things began to shift and you you kept going in your world as per as what was expected of you but perhaps inside your reality was changing 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 shifting shifting until you're in your you're a grown woman in a marriage you're unhappy and it's like all of a sudden something happens and all of the learnings just come to fruition and you're sitting there yeah. different person you must have been like a completely different woman Absolutely, instantly, because all the things that I thought about myself that I valued were staring me down the barrel and I was like, no, I don't want that. And I knew that. So I had, I grew up in this religion and I had it. Um, and when I was a teenager, I stopped like going to church and participating and being in the community. And I moved out early like really young and um and I lived my own life but then I lost a friend and it was like um she was really young I would have been 22 she was 28 and um and I was like what if I'm wrong what if they're right and I'm wrong and um I went back and I, I like made this like commitment like this must be the right place for me to be 
and I, you know, I need to make it work. And okay, I don't believe everything that like in my core, I just don't see it that way, but maybe they're right. And so I need to deny that. So this began literally a decade from 22 to like 33, a decade of self-denial of not honoring anything that I thought was real in the world or how I, my perspective. And so in that moment, when things materialize, it's like, well, damn, I've been trying, but like, this ain't working. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. Not really. Yeah. Um, Sonia, I love what you've brought up this idea of sometimes despite our best intentions, we let fear be the driving force of our action. Right. You just explained a, a beautiful example of, of you doing that. And and so many of us, I'm sure, can relate to that. Like, what if, what if I, what if I'm, what if I'm really not as smart as I think I am? What if I'm not as whole or as good or as pretty or all of those things? And you give something or someone a chance, whether it's an organized religion, a relationship, a job. You know, there's lots of times I think that women and men, of course, you know, succumb to that fear. But it's part of, and you know, it's part of being badass is that you're willing to question it. And I think that's what's so beautiful about your story and any conversation that I've had with you is your willingness to question. And now as, as a somatic healer, I know firsthand that your questions are good. They're really good, especially when you link it back to how we're feeling in our body. I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about your superpower today. Right. Oh, what is my superpower, my heart? <laughs> oh no, you gotta answer this one. Um so I would say that my superpower is knowing that there is a space for there's space and room for each of us as we are in our true experience so i want to talk i want to say this back to you to make sure i understand your superpower is a recognition and an understanding that every person matters. Yeah. Just to break it yeah. down, every person matters and there's enough space in the world for everyone. Yeah. Yes, because if I, and, and I'm going to explain that because obviously we've all heard that Um We've all heard that we're valuable, you know, because we're human, lives matter. Yes, that is true. The world has been up to this point structured in a way that creates stability for the greater population, but at the cost of the individual. 
sorry, I have a hair. <laughs> Good doggy. <laughs> um, so what what do I mean by that? Yes, the structures that have allowed society to evolve to the point where it is today and this and the all the things we've created has been because of the stability of the structure and the that were were in place you know um so women had to play a certain role within that structure religion played a certain role within that structure um enterprise um played a certain role in that structure and those who led the enterprise led it a certain way because it was necessary at the time in our evolution but we know so much more today about our human potential, our brains, our bodies, medicine. And so while we wanna reach for the things we know and that feel familiar, what we know today and what's available to us today is so much more powerful and we can actually shift the structures to create room for the individual with a deeper understanding of who they are and what drives their behaviors. I love this. And can you share, thank you for that, but I, I would love it if you could share an experience in life where you've seen this happen so that our audience can go, oh yeah, I get it. Because sometimes we can get lost in in the conversation. And I'm just, I just wanna have a concrete example of why that's important. I love what you've said. So can you just give us an example? Yeah, I'm going to use a, a very like, it sounds really fluffy, but it's actually pretty deep. Um, I saw on LinkedIn this week, somebody posted and asked the question, do you take a call seriously when somebody takes the meeting driving? Okay. Sounds really like, like a really open question. But what I tuned into was that they were answering the question with the judgment that they don't take it seriously in the way they asked the question. And instantly I got really like, I could feel it somatically like triggered. And I had this intensity of like feeding my answer to the response. And then I was thinking about it, like, why am I, do I have this intensity about it? And here's the thing. It was a white man asking the question. And when you think about sitting in an office like we are right now and being able to focus fully attention on this call, that's a luxury that's not available to everybody. You know, when it comes to, um, and I'll use my own example, in the corporate world, the first before my healing journey, that was a struggle. I had no example of anybody. I didn't look like I was struggling, but I was struggling. 
Like I, I didn't have any examples in my life where people were professionals or executives or in that environment. You know, my dad was in construction. My mom was a house cleaner and then she did own her own restaurant, but she struggled because she didn't have any kind of framework to pull from. She was figuring it all out without any examples. And so I had been a physical, I had, I was very comfortable with physical labor, but knowledge work was really challenging. And what I didn't know at the time was that I had trauma brain. Okay. And so actually being active allowed me to pay attention to things. Keeping my focus on one thing was extremely draining and challenging because that's not how my brain works. I am focused on multiple things. And me being able to be here focused is a work of skill set and and hacking my own system. Right? And so when I used to take calls on the road because I had to travel, those were the times when I could focus the most on the topic at hand. My body did not go into freeze the way that it did when I was sitting still because sitting still is not available to you when you are in trauma, when you are in survival mode. So I want to make sure I'm understanding. When you saw that post in LinkedIn, you were triggered. And the trigger had an immediate somatic effect. So in other words, her Absolutely. body responded immediately. And I love that you are far enough along on your healing journey that you were able to get curious and ask yourself, hey, what's going on? And what you determined was that you were triggered. And while you felt that the question was posted from a place of judgment, you also had your own judgment that brought that you brought to the table. Absolutely. So, so to loop this all together, your superpower is rec is being able to recognize situations like the one you just said very quickly and allows you to stand apart. Is that is that so that because you could recognize it, you can now stand apart and you're not affected somatically, or you can look at it from both sides. Like what's the end? I, because I can see that just because I had a different need does not negate that person's need okay. to have focused attention in a call. But I also acknowledge that there are many people like many working parents, but predominantly mothers who don't have the luxury of sitting in an office and being left alone. So here's the, here's the real question. It's beautiful that you have this awareness. And as a coach, I know that this is a superpower. But what do you do with it now in everyday life? In other words, we want to know, did you respond to the post or did you just smile and go, okay, not needed? I'm just, I'm curious. I did. And I took a dig too. <laughs> I did respond to the post. Um, you know, one thing anybody who knows me will know is I will air my own dirty laundry. I don't mind. It, you know, it doesn't say anything about me. It just is the fact of my experience in the moment, right? Is 
you know, I responded to say, you know, in autumn, essentially, we should honor that people have the autonomy and wherewithal to make their own choices. And that's where my superpower comes in is, yes, I hear you. But at the same time, I'm here to help others find their own perspective and honor it while still honoring the space that the collective needs. Um, that's beautiful. And you've painted a beautiful, you've painted a great picture of how your upbringing led you to this point. So if you guys haven't realized it by now, she really is badass. <laughs> because it takes to do all of this. But I'm curious, you, you've touched on it a little bit, but would you mind if you were to speak to your younger version before you had this epiphany or you know journey of healing tell us a bit about her and and I also would love to know what would you say to her today so right. first, tell us who she like tell us who tell us who you were before you were badass Sonia Guzman <laughs> the younger version of you well I so I think I was always a happy kid, um, but I carried a lot of negativity, like my parents' negativity, trauma, generational trauma, and I was never, um, I was never taught to regulate my emotions. So my biggest response was to shut them down. My emotions were always too big for those around me, and so because I, and I never fit in the box. I never belonged in the box. And so I, um, I never re really, I had some people in my family that really, really cared about me. And so I did feel that love from them, but um, mostly I was judged um, for being too something or other. And so um, I, you know, I went along and I was pretty happy. You know, I think I was, uh, you know, I had sometimes bad attitude and, um, you know, I was reactive. But at the same time, like, that's pretty normal for a traumatized kid. And, but I, but I wanted to get along with everybody. And I wanted to really, um, I wanted to enjoy life. Like I was always a creative, I was always fun loving and you know I had my moments and and in my memory because I didn't have that emotional support or outlet and support in regulating myself I always remember myself as being very charged but I but I was very well liked and I was very social so I it couldn't have been that bad <laughs> obviously I was never like you know excluded from school events I was always uh in the plays and the shows and the things and so I think I was a very charismatic kid and uh but a very anxious kid because when you don't know how to regulate your emotions there there's a lot you know and you try to look for stability and things and you know there was a lot of upset because there was a lot of instability and so um yeah I was I was a kid wanting to really love life and but I was I was challenged to know how and I was carrying a lot of other people's burdens. Okay. So what and what what would I say to myself? So have fun. Have fun. 
it's okay. You are safe. You are loved. And you will find your people someday that really help you feel good and love yourself too. That is so beautiful. That is so beautiful. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't loop back to the original story that you shared with us with such grace. You did mention that you, your, husband, your first marriage dissipated, right? On Tuesday or Wednesday, you told him how Burned you- it to the ground. I, <laughs> I did. How many years ago was that, out of curiosity? That was in 2017 where I said, and I tried to stay in it. I tried to continue to deny my truth. But finally, I was um, I was actually on a flight back from Colombia. And it was like, you know, we had tried and had a good vacation seeing his family. But um, when I was on the plane, I was like, let this thing crash. I don't want to deal with my life. And that's when I was like, you can't, no, no. You can't wish ill on all these people just because you don't want to deal with your life. This is over. This game is over. And so I, I literally, you know, did everything I needed to do. Thankfully, I had a good financial background and I was able to, you know, say my piece. And within three weeks, I had, I had moved into my new house in, back in, in the city and I was, you know, on my own. And, um, Against all of my good judgment, I started the relationship with my boss, my former boss. And five years, so that was 2017. Then 2023, I am, I have a nearly six month old child, and we're engaged. And I have flourished in an environment where I am fully able to be myself. I honor that. I do honor that. And Sonia, um, I'm so touched by your candor with with me today and with our listeners. Um, and I'm so incredibly happy for you. Now, Sonia and I have been friends for about two years now. Yeah. Two years. And I hunted her down as my friend. I was like, I like you. You're going to be my friend. <laughs> pretty much what she said. And I'm like, who are you? Uh, okay. <laughs> what, 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 I, what I'd like to do now is just, I'd like to learn a little bit more about somatic integrative. Yeah. Like, what exactly do you mean by that? So thank you for sharing your story and your background. Now let's talk about what it is that you do today and how, um, what a difference you're making in people's lives. Absolutely. So somatic is everything referring to the body. So um, the body it, if you think about your body like um, a machine that has electrical impulses to tell you what's coming next, like prompts as to what's coming next, what you need to do, whether it's hunger or food, um, you know, you're thirsty, water, all these things um, that are like unconscious functions. And then we have the subconscious, which is the way that we wire in our um, understanding so from the age from birth to like seven we are in I want to say a theta state but I might be wrong about the state but it's it's kind of like a hypnosis state where we 
are very suggestive in the way that we learn. And that's why those very early years are very formative years for the way that we um, apply information and store it in our brains so that we don't have to think about the things that we do in our day-to-day -day life that are part of self-care, growth, being a human, being an adult. And, you know, our experiences throughout life imprint. Well, the way that our, if you think about our system and polyvagal theory, which is like fight, flight, freeze, um, and our autonomic system, and our basically our entire nervous system is designed to cue us without us having to think and make a conscious decision. So if we see, you know, a bear and we don't know what a bear is and we don't know that a bear can eat us we may not respond the way that we do with that knowledge but the beauty of the wisdom of the body is we can sense that the bear has an intention that doesn't serve us so we run the other way <laughs> and those are like not conscious um factors within us well with the same token all of these mechanisms that helped us survive in our very primitive environments when we were in nature are still available to us in our body in the modern world the difference is we make sense of it very differently and everybody's experience is very different and so when we're in new environments we may not respond in the same way that is conducive to the current environment based on our previous programming and so even though you logically know something and cognitively it's in your prefrontal cortex, your limbic system or your primitive brain, which is that alert system, is not aware of what you know. And therefore the imprint that was put in there early may actually be working against you. So that's the somatic piece is understanding the mechanics of the body and how it imprints and how our thoughts and beliefs impact that. And then we have the integrative from the sense that, okay, our world very much wants to tell us in business, we are a professional and we are this and we are that and we have a facade that we play. Um, but the truth is everything that you do Everything that you think, plan, or do is executed through the body. So even though you're in a professional environment executing your job, the way that your machine is operating, your body is going to impact how you show up to do that job. And it's either going to take a lot of energy or you're going to be fueled and impulse to do the things that you need to do. So if you have this belief in yourself that you're you're not good enough and, and I'll use my example in this case um you know feeling like I had to be submissive and not have a voice at home meant that when I was at work in the corporate environment and meeting clients I remember this one time I actually I never really stuttered but I was so anxious and like out of it that I literally couldn't even say my name so what you're explaining is a disconnect and a discord. Absolutely. So integrative in the sense that your whole being is present 
at every interaction and engagement in your life, no matter what. So yes, I do business coaching. Yes, I do leadership coaching. Yes, I'm entrepreneurship, but that's not on its own. It's all about how you see yourself in all of these environments that are going to influence you. And that's why tapping into your wisdom and understanding what's happening under the hood is really important. And your body is the key to that because you can't, you know, the way you and I might have a conversation and I might tell you a memory consciously, but until I start tuning into my body and I realize that what that memory felt like, like I am so far removed from that story because I am a completely elevated person compared to who I was back then. I'm not going to say different because I am very much me, but I just, I have different beliefs and, and, and operate in a different way. So therefore I'm elevated from where I was before because I was limiting myself. Um, but I didn't remember that I felt shame in that moment until I was telling you the story and I felt like the heat on the back of my neck and I felt like the pressure inside of my head. I, that's not my reality, but in my body, I haven't told that story in public and therefore the imprint of that feeling, that's what shame feels like in my body. Okay. So I, I love this. My next question is, what is it like for your clients? Like when you coach them, is it a combination of let's just sit and chat? I don't know if, do you do it in person? Do you do it on Zoom? What type of tools do you use? Can you share that with us? Yeah, so um, you and I are both um, Mastery Method certified. So trained through the Institute for Coaching Mastery by Alyssa Nobriga. So that is um, five levels of awareness, the, the thoughts, um, the emotions, uh, the behaviors, the unconscious and the somatic, right? So all of those pieces. So the beauty of that is um, she's integrated a lot of psychotherapy techniques into um, the work as part of the, heal- like the, the healing piece. Um, and so it, it is very much like a talk piece but there's a lot of inquiry around what's happening in the body when you are reaching certain topics um, there's a lot of visualization to to hack and tap into those sensations and awareness I use a lot of breath work uh, and whether that's like holotropic breath work in a one hour 90 minute session or a three minute quick breath um, you know alternate nostril breathing there's all kinds of different elements within breath work that allow you to tap into the unconscious and the subconscious um so there's that and then I do a lot of strategy I would describe my work as somatic strategy because we look at what you're trying to achieve and explore that with curiosity the why the how what would your ideal scenario look like so a lot of visualization and then we end up bringing it um, full circle with what's showing up and getting in the way and and tapping into that and I've actually been doing this now since 2020 and I have created this year for the first time I have outlined the way that I work with my clients and I've actually created a framework 
a proprietary framework for the work that I do so that it's it's the framework, but it's always still very much bespoke to the individual, their goals, their objectives, and their their challenges. Can I just say hallelujah? (laughs) But what I love, and for those of you that perhaps aren't familiar with coaching, if there's one thing that Sonia and I and all of the coaches in, in our cohort have learned is that success is an inside job. And while we can be cognizant of and work towards outside things, we also know to go a little bit deeper. And curiosity is is a part of that. And I love how you explained how the body is, is also a part of that. And we can use the wisdom of the body to point us and to guide us and to free us. So thank you for that. I thought that was really a beautiful explanation. And for those of you that are interested in Sonia's work, just check the show notes afterwards. You can see um, all of the links to find out more about her and this amazing work that she is doing. Sonia, before we wrap this up, what don't we know that we really need to know about Miss Sonia Guzman? One thing. I'm an unleashed creative. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? <laughs> it means uh, I love to dabble in all kinds of things, whether they be intellectual art. Uh, you know, I'm starting to dabble in philosophy, all kinds of things. Um, but uh, I write music, I sing. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm also writing a book. So all kinds of creative modalities. I'm not sure you're doing enough. <laughs> you would be badasses out there. Please don't think that you have to do everything to be badass. The, the first thing that Sonia, that many of us have done is to recognize that we are worth the effort. So I just want to put that out there while many of the guests on the show have done amazing things and have and are on this beautiful journey of self-discovery. I want to make it very clear that it doesn't take much to, to jump on the badass bandwagon. Hand on heart, take a deep breath and say, I matter. Right? That's the first step to being badass in my book. Um, Sonia, yeah. I can't thank you enough. This has been a beautiful conversation. Today we had the pleasure of talking to Sonia Guzman, an, an integrative somatic coach. Um who was incredibly gracious and vulnerable with her stories and her thoughts. We can't wait to have a part two on the podcast. So stay tuned. And thank you again for joining me. My name is Mahara Wayman, and this has been the art of badassery with our very special guest, Sonia Guzman. Thank you for tuning in to the art of badassery. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights to help unleash your inner badass. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating or review on your favorite platform. Your feedback not only helps me improve the show, but it also helps others like yourself discover the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your authenticity and living life on your terms. Here's to you.